Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and so glad that you're joining me today. I hope you've been able to listen to the last two shows that we've done. We're kind of doing the whole entire month of January on this idea of having the best year ever. Now, we kind of do this every year, and we do a little different take on it every time. And so I always want to remind people that when we say having the best year ever, it doesn't mean that it's better than all the other years. I mean, that would be great if it was, but what we're really thinking about is saying that this particular year, we want to make it the best that this year could possibly be. So we want to live fully and completely in this year. We don't want to be looking all the way into the future and futurizing, and we don't want to be lamenting the past or condemning the past or beating ourselves up about the past. We want to be truly present in this year. It doesn't mean that we don't learn from the past and look forward to the future, but we want to make sure that we do this year and do it fully and completely so we don't have to go back and undo or redo things, right? So think about this when you think about the best year ever. How can you make sure that you can be living your best? Because best, remember, does not mean perfect in any way, shape, or form. See, my best at, I don't know, golf is very different than, you know, Arnold Palmer, I guess, right? His best. So my best needs to be compared to me. That doesn't mean that I don't use other people as, as a way to say, wow, maybe I could actually be better, or maybe I'm not so bad. That's fine. But the, the bottom line is I need to be being the best version of me. So we talked about these five things that we are going to cover this month. And the first one was having a position of intention. That means that every day can start a new year. So I don't want you to get caught up in saying, you know, the way we do um, whenever we do the, the uh, yearly uh, resolutions. See, a resolution kind of has a beginning and an end. And so if you resolve to not drink caffeine and then you break that resolve, then you feel like you failed. But if, the, if really what the intention is, is to be healthier in what you drink, then the idea is to do things in comparison, to do things in reason, right? Not to do the all or nothing. Now, there are, certainly I want to have a little caveat. There is some all or nothing. There are some things we should just never do. And there are some things we really should, if we can, always do, like being prayerful being loving. What are things we should never do? Probably drugs, horrible amounts of alcohol if you also have a proclivity toward it. Hating yourself, we should never do these things. So when we're living the best year ever and every day is a new day and we get a reset for every day, then what we want to do is do it the best that we can do. 
and we're comparing ourselves to ourselves. So we really position ourselves with that type of intention. The second thing is we bring the last year to a close and we keep it closed. That doesn't mean we don't learn from it, like I said, but it means that we're not lamenting last year and saying, wow, that, I'm a horrible, terrible person, whatever it is, or saying that that was the best year I've ever had and nothing's going to compare to that. I, I don't want you to be going back and doing the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. Last year is over. It's done. We can't go back. It's dead. And so this is important for us to recognize how gracious our God is, that every day is a new day. And he gives us a brand new year. And this one is special because it ushers in a whole entirely new decade. So I was talking to Jeremy. You know, he's our producer. He does such a great job. And he was saying to me, wow, 2020. I mean, 2000, that seemed like so scary and phenomenal and overwhelming and awesome. But 2020, that's something else. 2000 doesn't even compare to 2020. So when you think of how you felt if you were around in 2000, wow, that was a big year. People were freaking out. Everybody thought the whole entire computer system was going to crash. And, I mean, they thought there was cataclysmic things that were going to happen. And it just went off without a hitch, and 2000 came, and then it went. So here we are in 2020, starting a brand new year and a new decade. So we bring last year to a close. We keep it closed. And the only reason we think back about last year is to learn, not to condemn ourselves, not to rehash it and do the coulda, shoulda, woulda, but to really just say to ourselves, is there anything in last year, in 2019, that I want to take with me into this new decade? Is there anything in 2019 that I want to make sure I leave? And I don't bring it in to this decade and this new year. So what that does is that allows us to create new beginnings. How do we create new beginnings? Well, we know that every day is a new day. In fact, every minute is a new minute. We can't even go back to the last minute that we were in. We are trapped in time, and time keeps moving. And this is something that we have to come to accept. We don't have control over time. We do have control over how we spend the time, right? So we're creating new beginnings. Every minute can be a new beginning. If you don't like how you drove to the office today, okay. Do it differently on your way home. Make a new beginning of being a new type of driver if you don't like how you drove previously. It's that simple. So we forgive the past and we create a new beginning. See, God can't steer a parked car. So I want you to think about that. We have to be moving. And every time we move, there may be mistakes in the moving process, and there may be mistakes in the learning process. But God wants you just to keep moving. Keep moving forward. It's kind of like taking the land. Like when God talked to the Israelites about moving into the land and taking the land. The land wasn't coming to them. They had to walk toward it and take it. So I want you to take every moment, every minute, every day, seize it, and live it. So this means that one of the best ways that we can make sure that we're creating new beginnings for ourselves 
is we manage our internal world and whatever is possible in the external world we manage. So what does that mean? Well, the internal world has everything to do with how I think. And that's taking captive every thought that it doesn't exalt itself above Christ Jesus. That my thought isn't bigger than him. My feeling isn't bigger than God. And that it's subject to the Lord. And so I manage my internal world. What's my internal world like? And, and if you want more about that, I've done lots of shows about your internal home and making that a home that you actually want to live in because you can't get out of yourself. You're going to be with you for eternity. You never get to not be you. So you might as well make peace with you. And make sure that inside of you is a safe place. Not perfect, but safe. Peaceful, pleasant, forgiving. Not something that's harsh and judgmental. So you manage that internal world. How do I think about me? How do I let myself think about others? There are many times I catch thoughts and I think, you know, that's not a healthy thought. I need to not go with that thought. I need to cast that thought. I need to take that thought captive, toss it aside. And there are some thoughts that I think to myself, you know, I probably want to continue to think on that thought. That is a healthy, positive, helpful, godly thought. So when we work on that internal world, guess what happens? We manage the external world much better. See, I have many people in my practice that are trying to control the outside so that their insides feel better. And what I want you to really focus on this year is I want you to say to yourself, I'm, I'm going to stop fighting so much with the outside world. The outside world is its own. It's going to take care of itself. God is in the outside world and in many of our internal worlds. So the outside world, you have to know where you end and it begins. You have to know what control you have over that external world. Hey, I, I control the external world as much as I can, but I'm very willing to let it go and to not fight with it. So I try to bring my insides to the outside world and hope that some of the outside world is a little bit better because I'm bringing better things to it. And I'm trying not to fight with it. I'm not hating it. I'm not condemning it. And this is really important for you to recognize when you switch. When am I getting all focused on the external world? What I'm hearing on the radio, what I see in television, what's going on in my friends' lives, my family's lives, what's happening out there. Nobody's, you know, accepting me for who I am or liking me. People are judging me. Whatever it is that's going on in that external world. But I want you to recognize when you lose peace, when you can't find peace, it usually means you are wrestling with the external world. And you need to find the things that you need to accept. What do I need to accept? Now, acceptance, please hear me, does not mean agreement. There are many things I accept that I do not agree with. But there are many things I have to accept so that I can move forward. So that Satan doesn't steal from me energy and time and passion. So we're coming to the end of this segment. And we're going to talk a little bit more about two more things. And that's practicing the, uh, the art of living in love and don't worry. 
as we really consider how we are going to have this be the best year ever. So I'm so glad that you're joining me today and so glad that you are taking advantage of this time. And I want you to know that we're doing some new things this year and we are looking at making the podcasts um, small group appropriate so that if you want to start a small group, we can offer you some of the notes of the show. We can offer you uh, questions that you can be you know, presenting to the people that want to come and listen to the podcast and then kind of process whatever it is. So we have lots of topics that we have done and lots of topics that I want you to take advantage of. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about the new year. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are just now joining in, I want to make sure that you can take advantage of the podcast. So all of these shows are on all different podcast servers. So if they're not on the one that you typically take advantage of, please email me, let me know. We can probably load them up onto the server that you prefer. So I want you to take advantage of these shows and listen to them throughout the week and share them with your friends because we're really working on building a community that is healthy, that is vibrant, and that is game changers, that we're changing the world. And we're doing it many times one person at a time. So we left off in this last segment as we are talking about the best year ever, and remember, the best year ever does not mean that it's better than all the other years. It means that we're giving 2020 a chance to be the best that it can be with whatever it is that God has put into the mix of 2020. Whatever that creation is of this year, that we are going to, as we walk it out, figure it out. So, we left off on talking about managing your internal and your external world. And the thing, the biggest takeaway from that is if I am trying to control the external world so I feel good inside, it's the losing battle every time. And it's exhausting. And it is going to create a lot of really negative feelings that you don't want to have to have. So I want you to really be focusing on everywhere you go, there you are. So what's it like to live inside of you? I want it to be a safe place. I want it to be a place of peace, forgiveness. All those things that you are wanting others to give to you, I want you to make sure that you are managing you, that you are taking care of you. Because when we do that, the external world isn't as painful. And we are much better able to major in the majors and not in the minors. Like the fact that the person didn't use their blinker when they turned. And I majored in that, right? That's a minor. It's a minor. And so this is how we really work on knowing what's a major and what's a minor. And the best way to do that is we practice living in love. So when I am really recognizing that every single human on this planet is loved deeply by God, that's amazing. I mean, even the worst serial killer was created by God. And he is heartbroken that that person isn't making it. Maybe, maybe the person does at the last minute. Who knows? But what we do know is that every single thing God has created, God loves. 
And so this is super important that we practice living that way. That I certainly judge people's behaviors as to whether they're going to help them or not, whether there's something I want to participate in, whether it's something I think is conducive to being a healthy human being. Absolutely, I judge things like that, but I don't judge the person. See, that's a big difference. I don't know what's going on in that person. Even the people that come to my office that tell me about their internal world, that I get to know them very deeply, I still can't judge their heart. I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. Now, I can judge whether or not I want intimacy with that person, right? And what level of intimacy they may want. Because that has a lot to do with how they manage their life as to whether or not they're safe enough for me to be close to. But that doesn't mean that I judge them and that I put myself in a better position. Or I judge myself and put myself in a less than position. See, many times we have this tendency when we're doing the internal and the external and we're trying to live in love, that we have this tendency to compare our insides to somebody's outsides, right? And I get, I, you've probably heard me tell this story before. I had a person in my office talking to me about, you know, they were suicidal, they wanted to die, they hated their life, they hated themselves, they thought they were ugly, all kinds of things. And they said, and you know, I was thinking about it, I was trying to get a handle on it, and sure enough, I stop at a red light, I look over, and there's this beautiful brunette woman in a convertible Mercedes talking on the phone, and I felt so low and less than. And I said to her, you know, what you don't know is that person might be calling me on the phone at that time because they want to kill themselves. See, we don't know what's going on inside of that woman in the Mercedes. Maybe her life is grand. I don't know. But if you knew the people that come to my office and the struggles that every human has, you would not be so prone to judging someone's outsides with your insides. You'd be recognizing that everybody is struggling on this planet because that's one of the reasons Jesus came, because we needed a Savior. Every single human needs a Savior. So this is important to practice reorienting yourself, readjusting and saying, I need to practice loving that person. Loving a human does not mean intimacy. And this is a really important point. Intimacy is a choice. That means I want to know that person more deeply. It means I want them in my life and I want to be in their life. That doesn't mean that I have intimacy with everyone that I love. I can love a stranger. I absolutely can. If somebody is hurting, if somebody is struggling, if, if you come up a, along a car accident and you see somebody that is physically needing some help, aren't you going to help them? We can love strangers. We can love people we don't like. And loving simply means I want the best for them. It means I'm not going to judge them. But there are some people that we cannot have intimacy with because they're too dysfunctional. And they're going to really change who we are. So we practice living in love, which means I don't judge people. And this is super important for you having peace with you. The more that you practice doing that for others, you will be much better at doing it for yourself. The better you are at doing it for yourself, the more energy you have for others. 
And then the last thing, we really want to remind ourselves to not worry. Worrying doesn't help anybody. I can be a worrier. I really can. I can think and think and think and think, and oh my goodness, I think about all the possibilities, and I can begin to worry. And God says, why worry? You can't add a single minute to your life. Why worry? That doesn't mean we're not concerned. doesn't mean I don't take things seriously. I do. But there are some things that I'm wasting my time worrying about. I can't change what happened yesterday. I can only do it different today. I can't change necessarily what people think or feel about me. I merely have to accept it and recognize that I can be an adult enough to tolerate somebody misperceiving me. These are really, really important concepts as you build the foundation for 2020, that you recognize how to do these things and that you really commit to having intentionality in what you do and how you live, to really, really be forgiving last year, to create those new beginnings for yourself, to work on the internal and external world and live in love. And one of the best ways is to not worry. So we're going to start the next half hour, and we are going to talk about what this really means, how we're going to continue to do it, and where we left off in the last segment and in the last week that we had. So I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I want to encourage you to listen to the rest of the show. And if you can't, make sure you go to your favorite podcast server. You can go to the 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. They have it on their website. So you also can listen to it on CynthiaHyatt.com on my website as well. So join me in the next half hour as we talk more about your best year ever. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure that if you are just tuning in, you can listen to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. You also can go to 1360KPXQ Faith Talk and that website. They have all the shows as well. In many of the podcast servers, we are on most most of the major podcast servers. So you can also listen to it on those. And if it's not on the one that you usually use, let me know, and we'll see about loading the, the shows onto that server. So thank you again for joining me, and we are really talking this whole entire month about the best year ever. And me telling you, Happy New Year. I want to tell you again, Happy New Year, and I want you to have a great new year. And I want you to rejoice in the fact that it's new and that we have new beginnings. And I love the verse in Isaiah where it talks about God saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And I love the fact that he's wanting us to perceive that he's doing this good and new thing. And he says that in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. And this is one of my favorite verses. It's one of my memory verses. And he says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so that goes so well 
with you and I really wanting 2020 to be the best year that 2020 can be, not in comparison to all the other years, but that this year is going to be its best version. And so we really want to say, wow, just like we were talking in the last segment, past is the past. We want to close last year up. We want to close all the years up. We don't want to go back to, you know, I don't know, 1990, 1995, 1985, whatever, 1970, however far back you go. We want to say the only reason we're going to go back is if we're learning. We're not going back to judge. And so we're forgetting all the former things. We're not going to dwell on the past. We're going to learn from it, but we're not going to dwell on it. And then when God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. What is the new thing God is doing? Have you perceived it yet? He says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Are you perceiving the new things that God is doing in you and through you in this year? He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What does that mean? I'm making a way in the wilderness. It means that you're going into uncharted territories. That's what he's saying. You've never been to 2020. You've never been in this year. So I'm making a way that there never has been before. And he says, and I'm making streams in the wasteland. So however desolate this year may appear, He's making a way in that wilderness. He's making a way through it. And he's bringing streams, wonderful, life-giving streams to 2020 to make it alive and to live. And so we also have Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. And you know this one very well. This is God saying, I, I know the plans I have for you. It's to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, I don't know about you, but trust is a big deal, right? (laughs) We've all been let down by people. And I'm sure you know what it feels like to feel like you've been let down by God. And this is a really important thing as we use that idea of position of intention, okay? That we are going to intentionally practice trust. And that's a tough one to do especially when you've been let down by really important people in your life or if you've let yourself down and don't feel like you can trust yourself. So this is God saying to you, you can trust me. I've got good plans for you and they are to prosper you and not to harm you. I'm going to give you hope and I'm going to give you a new future. So I want you to really, really meditate on that. Those are some big words. I mean, if that's the only thing the Bible ever said to us, those are some big words. Huge. He says, and then you call on me, come to me and pray to me, and I'm going to listen to you. The God of the universe is saying, come to me. I will listen to you. You're going to seek me and you're going to find me. So he's saying, I know sometimes it feels like I'm hard to find. I know sometimes I feel like I can't find God. I don't know where he went. I'm sure he's around, but I can't feel him. I can't see him. And God is saying to me, hey, listen, Cynthia, you're going to seek me and you're going to find me. And that is hope. And that's a future. 
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. It's our last one as we finish up today's really happy new year. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm really excited about where we're going in this year and really getting a good foundation and a good focus. And so, again, we are wanting 2020 to be the best year it can be. We're not necessarily wanting it to be our best year. It may not be. It may be. I mean, that would be, that'd be awesome if it was. But we're wanting it to be the best that it can be. And so we left off in that last segment really talking about that beautiful verse in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, where God is talking about saying, I know the plans I have for you, and they're to prosper you, not to harm you. I'm going to give you hope, and I'm giving you a future. And I want you to really, really meditate on that. Think about how big those words are. That the God of the universe is saying, I know you, I know you, I know what I'm doing with you. And if we look at Ephesians 2.10, this is out of the Message Bible, I really like it. And this is, this is really important. It says, for God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to, go, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's God's handiwork. We are that. And Isaiah chapter 30, I love this. This is 18 through 22. This is out in the Message Bible as well. It says, but God's not finished. He says he's not finished with you and me. So if you are hearing the show and you are in 2020 already, so you made it to this year, this is God saying, hey, I'm not finished. I'm not finished with you. And I'm waiting around be gracious to you. It goes on to say he's gathering strength to show mercy to you. And God takes the time to do everything right. Everything. And those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. So I want you to think about that. This, we've been talking about this issue of time and that we as humans are locked in time. We can't go back a minute and we can't go forward in a minute. Now, in our, in our minds, we feel like we can because we go back and re- rehash the past and we futurize, we go forward and worry about the future, but we're still locked in the minute that we're living. We can't get out of it. We have to do every single minute of our life. We don't get to skip any of them. So God is in every single minute and he says, hey, I'm not finished yet. If you're still here, I'm not finished And I'm waiting around to be gracious to you. I want you to show up in your own life so I can be gracious to you. He wants to show mercy. And God says, hey, I take advantage of time. It says God takes the time to do everything right, everything. So he understands time. And he's taking advantage of it. And he says, hey, those of you who wait around, you're going to be the lucky ones. So this is really, really important 
that we understand that God is really wanting to intervene in our own life on a day-to-day basis, minute by minute. He's wanting us to be able to walk out the life that he originally planned for us. That when he formed you in your mother's womb, he had an idea. He had an idea of who he wanted to show up, and he had an idea of what he wanted your life to be. What he wanted you to bring to the world as well. Not just what he wanted you to receive from the world, but what he wanted you to bring to the world. So this is really important that we really take God seriously about this. So when we are thinking about managing our internal world, let's go back to that because this was really important when I was saying to you in that last segment, the better I manage my internal world, the better I really accept and manage the external world. It doesn't bother me as much. It doesn't hurt as badly. It's still stressful and can be very painful. But if I'm working on my internal world and I'm managing me, this is super, super important. So when we think about managing that, we're talking really about self-care. What is self-care? What it means really, and I want, if this is the only thing you get out of this entire show, I'll, I'll be really, really happy. This is me saying I'm willing to care for, care for God's precious little one. See, truthfully, nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to take care of themselves. I'm serious. People want to indulge themselves. They want to abandon themselves. They want to harm themselves. But nobody really wants to do the real self-care. And I say to people frequently, you take better care of your pet than you take care of you. What the heck? If you don't take care of you, who's going to take care of your pet, right? It's the same thing with parents and children. If you don't take care of you, who is going to take care of your kiddos? So it's the same with me. If I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of my clients? That's important. Who's going to take care of the people you care about if you don't care for you? And it's tough. See, we're with ourselves 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can never get away from myself. The more I care for me, the better I manage me, the better my internal world is because I'm not doing self-harm. And then I manage the external world better and I also care better for others, and I have more energy to care for people. Now, imagine if Jesus didn't take care of himself. He's partying all the time. He's not sleeping. He's not eating the things he should eat. He's not taking time with the Father. You know, whatever it is that he's doing. Imagine if he did not take care of himself. He would never have survived the cross in the way that he was supposed to. He wouldn't have even been able to ask somebody to help him like he did with the man that helped him carry the cross. He wouldn't have even had the fortitude to do that. Jesus made sure he took care of himself so every moment he was on this planet, he could show up for his own life. And he could do what the Father had planned for him to do. And he didn't miss a beat. He did it perfectly. Now, we're not that. But we still have a responsibility to show up in our own life and do it well that there's a reason that you were created and there's a reason you were placed in this particular decade, in this particular century. 
in this particular country with this particular family. And sometimes, you know, in my life, I have fought with God about that, and I have really said things to him like, I'm not sure I know what you were thinking when you put me in this place with these people, in this body, with this mind. And it's a trust issue. So when we are trusting that we are valuable to God and that there is something that only we can do. See, you are, I say this all the time, you're a one-time occurring person. Nobody can even mess up the way you can mess up. And nobody can succeed the way that you can succeed. Nobody can love the way you love and nobody can hate the way you hate. This is important for you to understand that you are intricately woven into this whole entire creation. And so self-care or self-management reparenting ourselves, making sure that that little kid part of us is loved and helped and supported and honored, not indulged, okay, but cared for, that I'm not judging myself. Because remember, th these, these verses that God talks about, when he talks about the little ones, he says in Luke eleven eleven, which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, you'd give him a snake? Or if he asked for an egg, you'd give him a scorpion. And Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit whoever asks for it? So this is really important that you say, You know what? I'm important to God. And I want to give good gifts to myself so that I can actually be who God has asked me to be. And this is, it's a tough thing. I have to tell you, I don't, I, you know, I work on doing it every day. Every single day, I want to show up for my own world. And I want to show up for my own life. And so we want to be living in love. And one of the ways we do that is we love ourselves. So what we have here in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So there's no place in that verse that says, but you don't have to love yourself. There's no place in that verse that says, whoever does not love does not know God. God's counting on you to love the one he loves. This is, this is a hard thing to do. None of us like to do it. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm not always great at loving myself. You know, it's easier sometimes if I like myself to love myself, and sometimes I don't like myself. But that's just part of the human condition. Everybody struggles with themselves. Everybody struggles with who they are, who they think they're supposed to be, who they want to be, who they know they are, who they don't want people to find out who they are. Everybody has this dilemma. But what we have is a historical account of the God of the universe loving his creation to the point of death. That's how much he loves you. Now, I know that there are people that would die for their pets, right? Certainly die for their kids, their spouses, their best friends. People, you know, go to war and die for strangers. They die for a cause, 
So this is what I want you to think about. This is how valuable you are. And I want you to start the new year understanding your value. So that you can walk that value out and give value to others. So we're learning today how to allow for God's best. How we can create that internal environment that invites God to be comfortable living inside of us. We want to do God's will. We want to do his way. And so we're creating this foundational approach to living out this new year that will cause me to better hear the Holy Spirit and to manage whatever successes, whatever failures, whatever hardships might be coming in this new year. So we're really working on this idea of not fretting. We don't fret. We don't worry. Because we know that God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us, right? Even me. I can't be against me if God is for me. Because God will overcome me. And I can't tell you how many times I have said to God this prayer. God, as you have overcome the world, overcome me. Overcome me. Overcome all in me that's getting in the way of me being who you want me to be. God, you've overcome the world. Now overcome me, my little world. And I really practice letting him do that so that I actually then become an overcomer. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I want you to be inspired. I really want you to know, wow, how deeply valued and loved you are. And that it has nothing to do with how you perform, what your behaviors are, how you look has everything to do with your uniqueness. And I want you to be you and walk out you and bless God's people in only the way that you can. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week as we continue talking about the best year ever. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.